0: Welcome to CIR Realty Business Mastery, where we present
1: on topics that will help you build a successful real estate business. While you're here, be sure to subscribe to not miss any new episodes, as well as leave us a five-star review. That'll help others discover us too. We hope you enjoy today's episode.
0: Hey, everybody! Welcome back. For those of you that have not had the pleasure of many of meeting Janet. Jan, this is everybody. Right now everybody just looks like a black camera but behind that black camera is a lot of everybody's Um, and I'm welcome to CIR by the way.
1: Thank you.
0: You're welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
0: And I'm excited for you to meet all of the everybody's that are behind that camera because you're gonna love them.
1: Hi everybody.
0: So Jan, I had two breakfast meetings with Jan as we talked about what we were going to plan on this and Jan You have had such a successful career, but I'm really not allowed to talk about it because Jan is one of the most humble people you'll ever meet. And part of me agreeing to have her on the meeting is I actually wasn't allowed to say very many nice things about her. Um, So just trust me without saying it that there's a reason Jan is here and um, I won't use any nice adjectives because because I promised that I wouldn't. But her purpose of being on this meeting is it is very challenging to have a Long successful, consistent career in real estate. You see people come and go and have these crazy good years and then have these awful drought years and emotions run high and it's really hard. And I know that one of the things that you're very proud of is that you have been able to build a career that, you know, keeps food on your table, that has kept your family happy, you know, that in general you have enjoyed your clients and a day in the life. And not everybody can say that.
1: So yeah, I have been. I've been blessed in that respect, for sure.
0: Totally. Yeah. So let's start out just by talking about, because I feel like everybody's, how I got into real estate story is always interesting because it's not, most people don't grow up being like, I'm going to be a realtor, right? There's always something for that. So what was your, what was yours?
1: Well, so I think it was back in 92, um, my ex-husband and I separated and, um, I had three kids, so a four, a five, and a seven-year-old. Wow. So I had two years to get my life in order to be self-supporting, you know, so that they would all be in school, and then I, I uh, you yeah, know, that was sort of my deadline. And so I struggled with, what am I going to do? Um, I had been a stay-at-home mom for seven years, so, um, you know, I felt unqualified and I, my brother-in-law, who was a realtor, a veteran realtor for about 15 years, said to me, why don't you get into real estate? And I said, there's no way. Like, I was uber shy at the time. I just could not imagine myself, A, I didn't know anything, B, having to talk to people I didn't know about something so important was just, so I I actually enrolled in in law school. I was going to become a paralegal. Yeah. And I got my registration papers and the first thing I saw said, you can't miss more than five days in a, in a year um, or you're out of the program. Well, I, I had, well, as a single mom. And three, you know, pretty much still, be, somebody always had a near infection yeah. or a strep or whatever. So, I knew that wasn't going to work. So, um, so I said, okay, I'll take you up on it. I'll I'll come into real estate. I knew that I would be able to still drop the kids off at school and and pick them up and um, wouldn't have those child care costs. I mean, there's almost no point going to work.
0: With three kids or, in daycare. Oh my gosh, totally. Right?
1: So, so that's the only reason I did it. But I was not excited about it. Um, my brother-in-law promised that I could follow him around. He'd show me the ropes and so I thought well even if it's until the kids are a little bit older then then that's what I got to do.
0: So it was out of necessity, not necessarily passion. It was
1: not my dream to be. I mean I loved seeing in people's homes and and yeah. you know that sort of thing but I was just so shy and so inexperienced. I just didn't think I could make it work, right? So so yeah, no it was it was uh it, it ticked the boxes for yeah. my lifestyle at the time, and um, that's how I became a realtor.
0: Well, it obviously, without saying anything nice about her, it oh. obviously worked <laughs> out for you, um, which means you were, you were successful. You found a way to be successful. So starting at the place that you started, which to your point, no confidence, no knowledge, totally scared. How did you figure out how to say, you know what? I have no choice but to make this work. Failure is not an option.
1: Yeah. So good question. So there was a, it, and I, and I do believe that everybody needs to find that whatever line of work you go into, right? You, you need to find out why failure isn't an option. If, if it's something you want to make a go at. So for me, there was a number of things. Um, number one, my brother-in-law um, took me under his ring wing, um, He probably thought that if I if I couldn't earn a living on my own, he'd have to pay for my groceries anyway. So (laughs) might as well bring her on board. Um, But he started sharing his income with me from day one. Wow.
0: Um,
1: And he totally allowed me to to be present, right? I, I went on every appointment with him. I did all the grunt work, which I didn't see as grunt work. It was It was an opportunity to do something on my own without being supervised and, you know, putting on lock boxes, delivering feature sheets and learning how to talk to people. Um, so, so failure was not an option there because I didn't want to let him down and I needed, I wanted to earn the income he was giving me and, and just be a valuable asset to the team. Right. Right. Um, more importantly, uh, so when I would go on my appointments that weren't in school hours, uh, my sister would come and take care of the kids.
0: All three of them? All
1: three of these kids. And she had one of her own, which was who was the same age as my youngest daughter. So she was taking care of two four-year-olds, a five- and a seven-year-old. And um, she would come over, like if it was... You know, if my appointment was a supper time appointment, she would feed the kids, do their homework with them, and um, just just be their other mom. If it was a nighttime appointment, she would come to my house and she would um, put them to bed and wow. do all. I mean, a, a, a huge, huge sacrifice. Yeah. But you know that I didn't take for granted, but that she pretended was no big deal, and my kids loved being with her as much as they love being with me, so I had no guilt. Yeah. Well I had the guilt, but you know
0: But it was the best it was the me. best situation it for was, the situation. Exactly.
1: And yeah. they were in good hands and um but the the worst part was that I would call her to say I'm on my way home and I would get home and she would have a cup of tea ready for me and a treat. You know, it it might be dinner if I hadn't had dinner. Um my favorite kind of cake or a piece of pie and she'd sit down at the table with me no rush to get home and ask me how it went and there it it didn't feel okay to have to say I didn't get the listing or the buyer didn't buy a house or I screwed up because.
0: Because all of these people have gone all of their way to make it possible for you to do this. Yeah. So you, have, you you wanted to be able to say, dear brother-in-law, dear sister, like, I nailed it. Like, this was time well Absolutely. spent. Absolutely.
1: That, that's exactly right. You didn't yeah. waste your time on me. Yeah. Um, and, and that was really important to me, right? It, it, um, I didn't want anybody to feel like I was taking advantage. But more importantly, it was just, it would have been horrible to come home and say, I didn't do good enough. Right. So and then the other thing was that I gave my kids 10 bucks every time I sold a house.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. That's motivation. That'll keep you honest. Yeah.
1: So I had to look them in the eye as well. If if I was not performing consistently. Right. Nobody expected me to be perfect. Um, And and that was the other thing. They didn't have these expectations of me. Um, They were my expectations. And, you know, how do you tell your kid? They're not getting ten bucks today, right? So that's like
0: a, a swear jar. It,
1: it really was, and as a result, they like were excited when I had an appointment. It's like, yes, ten bucks, maybe, totally. Right? So yeah, so those things were my failure is not an option. I love that. Yeah. So
0: you um, in, in in the beginning, and a lot of this stuff I know, which I think is so cool. Some of the stuff that you did twenty years ago, you're still doing exactly today, but you left. And tell me, tell the audience, Listine, a bit of your story regarding preparedness. Because I think that your commitment to being prepared for every appointment you had made a world of difference to your success. It
1: totally did, you know, looking back. And of course, every year you're in the business, every deal you do, um, you know, being prepared can can change how it looks. Um But again, I think for me, it goes back to not wanting to let anybody down, right? There was, there was no point in going to an appointment unprepared. So I would spend hours and hours doing the evaluation and trying to figure out, you know, a way where I could attend the appointment and there would be no questions. I mean, how many appointments did I go in where they said, but my neighbor's house sold for and you know we have better carpet or you know we have bigger rooms whatever um i i didn't know what to say taking yeah. you back to how shy i was i didn't know how to handle that right like well i don't, i don't know about the neighbor you know we're talking about your house well so so being prepared for those questions and i would ask myself what what could, what more can i do what other way can i look at this so that there's no question in the seller's minds that I'm correct because I don't I don't want to debate with them no right I I just want to show them and I got to the point where I could write my numbers down and I'd say you know what do you think your house is work at, at worth after going through this and they would have my number so wow. It just made the appointments easier. So
0: there were no pricing objections. You managed to just remove that.
1: I'm not going to say there were never. But
0: but, in general.
1: But if there was, I had enough information with me that we could handle that objective, Mm -hmm. right? So I just try to think of, okay, now we've looked at, you know, similar homes and square footage. Now let's look at price. Now let's look at what is... This street offer that this street doesn't, and where is the best street in that community? And um, you know, so just trying to look at it from the way a seller would, yeah, because they think their house is the best one on the block, right? Well, so-
0: I loved when you and I met, and you had this absolutely fabulous listing package and checklist um, that you used for everything. And you had this bro, this folder that you give to your listing clients uh, that had, you know, X, Y, Z in it. That was brilliant. Quick note on that because many of you are thinking, I want to see that. Um, we're hoping to get Jan in to teach a course in the fall to go over a bunch of this stuff and show you some of her checklists and uh, forms and systems. So that's coming. But one of the things that you showed me that you had in your CMA, which I thought was brilliant, is so many people, you know, just print off um the MLS sheets, right, of the comparables, that's it. And you had it where you were actually highlighting in every single listing, you know, new carpet, air conditioning, granite, um, landscaping in the backyard, because you're like, when you give somebody this huge thing of CMAs with just the front of a house and a price, everyone in their mind is thinking, well, I have this, 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 but it's not obvious that, you know, maybe everyone else also has that, or these are the things that people don't have. So you're right. When you say that you were, you, you did it in a way that spoke to what people were thinking about that was approachable to people who aren't realtors. Like you took the time to really make that visual for people. Well, and, and
1: again, as you mentioned, I've been doing this a very long time, (laughs) a little bit of a dinosaur, but, um, you know, there were things that worked for, for me, in the day. And then we change and we evolve. And um, I very much apply technology to my business. Now, I was one of the first people who ever had a palm pilot for, yeah. you know, calendarizing and uh, diarizing. I've been able, I think, what, what I like about where I am in the business is that I've been able to take the stuff that worked, from the old days, the stuff that worked from the new days, and and actually decide what works for me and what doesn't, right? Right. So, the I I have always found that the common denominator in my 30 years in real estate is that people want to know that you know what you're doing, they want to trust you, and they need to like you to move forward with you. You know, you can have all the stats in the world, if you're not likable yeah they're probably not going to work with you and and if they don't like you they're probably not going to refer you and my goal was always to do you know a good enough job or such a good job I should say for these clients that they will tell their their friends, their family, that sort of thing. So psychologically, I needed them to know how hard I prepared for this appointment. Right. I need you to know that I've done my due diligence. So when I do that highlighting, number of things is it it um, it helps me talk to those are the things I want to tell them about. Right? Yeah. They have stainless steel appliances. You don't. But it also says to them, "Damn, she's gone through every one of these listings with the highlighter." So, it's the same with the file and the checklist system. Um, I bring, my business is all digitalized, um, but I bring a paper file to every listing and it's got checklists on it. And I've started filling it out in red ink so they know that I've gone to work for them. And when I open the file, there are sold stickers there. I don't even use sold stickers anymore, but they're there. And it's a conversation. How many times I have heard, um, oh, that's what we're looking for. We want that on our sign. It just starts conversation. But most importantly, it says to them, I'm organized, I'm prepared, and and I've done my job. And that truly has been a, a huge part of, of what I I hate to use the word success because everybody has a different... Measurement stick, but for me, my success, um, ha- it all stems from not wanting to let my brother-in-law or my sister or my kids down. And what can I do? What's one more thing I can do to go on this appointment prepared?
0: Well, and I think when you say you want people to see that you've gone to work for them, that you've gone to work for them. And we're going to talk a little bit about service next. and Maybe this is a good way to transition into sure. that. But people often go in to a meeting with anybody they're hiring, and oftentimes someone tells you all of the things that they're going to do. Correct. Right? And then you have to trust somebody based off of, you know, I don't really know you very well, but these are all the things that you've said you're going to do. And it's probably really nice to walk in and have done all of these things that are so visual and there's thumb value like you can send anything you want online but when you have that red ink and all of these papers and all of these folders that you've printed that the client's names are all on that have high that whatever it shows that you're going to tell them that you're going to do a bunch of stuff and it probably becomes a little bit more trustworthy and believable because you've already proven that you can do all of this stuff and they haven't even hired you yet correct
1: yeah. So, so I'm going to give you a good example. If, if somebody said to me, um, you know, what, what do you think one, two, and three has contributed to your real estate career? Um, I would say being prepared because, and the more you start to do it, the more exciting it becomes. It's like sitting down with a puzzle, right? And, yeah. and, and, Oh man, that was a good idea. I'll put that in my presentation. Yeah. Um, and, and then the appointment goes so well and you've handled every question and objection and you walk out of there feeling really good and your confidence translates in, in, in to the client, right? They, mm-hmm. they see it, they hear it, they feel it. But on the service aspect, um, I, I think that is probably the easiest tool we have in our tool bag. Because once you get it, once you, you can identify, uh, what service looks like to you, it, it's just so easy to do. Mm-hmm. And anybody can do it. Um, an, an example. But the key is a lot of, anyone can do it, but there's
0: a lot of people that actually
1: don't. Don't. And, and that's the whole point is that, you know, I, we all say, and, uh, and we kind of blame it on COVID. People are so angry these days, you know? Um, I, I don't think it's COVID. I think it's because people have been let down mm-hmm. so much, you know, and now we're all using services more, right? We have contractors, we have painters, and we're, we're getting carpets replaced. We're, upgrading technology and they are let down you know you're on the phone two hours with telus your your carpet cleaner showed up two hours late uh i just had one guy who was furious canada post came out and changed his mailbox twice and never did the keys work he had to take the afternoon off work you know just i just think people are so let down um, that when somebody does do what they say they're going to do, it's like a breath of fresh air. So true. Right? And and they notice. It's like maybe not the first time. You know, I said I'd call you at four. I called you at four. Um, I dropped off these feature sheets like day of listing. Whatever it is you do, um, checking in with them on a weekly basis, you know, we didn't have any showings or I don't have any feedback for you. But here's what I can see on the back end. You know, you're getting noticed. I have you on all these websites, whatever it is. It's like hmm, the first time it's like, oh, well, she called when she said The second time it's like, and then all of a sudden you're a hero because you've kind of gone above and beyond and you've delivered service instead of, letting people down they've they've been let down so many times in a week they're angry you know and sometimes you even have to chip away at their armor to to prove to them that I'm 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 a good guy I'm here
0: for I'm here for the right reasons I'm gonna do what I said I'm gonna do
1: absolutely and here here's another story that I thought I if we yes touched on service today um I have a friend who uh has some health issues and ordered one of those um, walk-in bathtubs. This is a twenty-five thousand dollars item. You literally have to renovate your house to or your bathroom. Um, anyway, I sat in with her on the appointment where the fella came to talk about and, and sell us this tub. He he was delightful, and he knew his stuff. He was he was charming and facts and. He was a good salesperson. So good. And, and he, w- he was, you know, maybe in his 30s. He was adorable. We were going to adopt him. Yeah. Um, anyway, my friend uh, said, done, like done. $25,000, not going to get a second because we had you lined up yeah. two other people. No, nope. I walked up from this guy. So she signed the contract. Bob uncle, he said, we're going to speed things up. We're going to get it for you here early. Usually takes eight weeks, but we're going to get it here for you two to three weeks, four weeks tops. Four weeks comes and goes. She calls, no return phone call. Three days later, he still had not phoned her. Now he went from, oh my God, what a good guy, to that little prep conned me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that happens to us a lot, um, but it's our own fault. So, you know, if you're not giving, I, first of all, don't ever want to apologize to a client. Oh, you know, sorry, I didn't, I forgot to call, make an excuse. I had a flat tire, whatever it is. I I don't want to do that unless it's valid. Um, so, so that all comes back into the preparedness, the checklist, the, the, you know, all the things you can do to help you stay on track to stay on track, deliver your promises. Yeah, Cause we've got a lot on our minds too, you know, and, uh,
0: yeah, you might
1: forget that. Yeah. You, you told, I told Christian, I call her at four, but you shouldn't. So what do you have to do to make sure you remember to do that or don't say it? You know, one of our don't favorite things it. is he lets do lunch and then nobody recall, we don't do it. You know, don't, don't say it.
0: And it, you're right. Don't say it, and then it almost makes it awkward next time. And then the relationship is just ticked down a notch because you have that we said we were, and now we didn't. And no one forgets. No, it doesn't mean you're mad at someone for it, but like it's a, you know, it you know that there was a conversation that transpired that didn't go anywhere. And it just anywhere. makes it uncomfortable,
1: right? It's, it makes it uncomfortable, and that's what happens in our appointments. Is that if you didn't do, they they want to give you what for? Yeah, but they won't. They fester, and they'll tell their friends. Yeah. But if you show up and you, you know, you call them and you do a review with them and you give feedback as best you can and you, you know, ask about the kids, that sort of thing, um, yeah. you know what? They'll tell their friends that too.
0: So something that you do that I want to touch on, because we've had our share, fair share of meetings together, and this really sticks, this really stuck out to me, is you leave your phone in the car. Okay. You didn't even bring any time when we've been together, you don't. And I know that the first time we had the meeting and then we second time we had our second meeting and you talked about this, I was mortified, but I know that you don't judge me, but now I know. <laughs> but there was a few things that Jan was saying, you know, I was like, you know, how's this? How's that? How can we help? Whatever. And I took out my phone and I started making notes, right? Because for me, it was just like, this is easy. I'm going to take these notes. But then inevitably... You know, there's a page from the South office who says so-and-so's, you know, whatever is broken and you need to. And I didn't do anything with it, but it definitely was a thought that would have taken me away from the presence of our conversation, right? right? And then when we had our second meeting, one of the things that you that you do and you brought it out because you were making a note on the fact we were going to do this is you have this big, beautiful day timer. I, 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 you tell your story, but t- tell people why you use the day timer in meetings and kind of what, to, what that's a reflection of. Because that was, to me, has been one of my biggest takeaways out of any conversation I've ever had with anybody. Wow. Well, <laughs> I, you just, it means, like, it just, it, 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 it felt like someone really cared.
1: Well, so, again, you know, at the very beginning, my brother-in-law had this little pocket day timer and he would write everything in there. And I'd kind of laugh at this. Everything, I mean, everything went in that day timer. And, but the guy never missed an appointment. He was never late for appointment. He could tell you what he was doing three days from now with a flick of a page, right? Yeah. So I started using a day timer as well. And then technology started to creep in. And like I said, they, they the first calendars, so electronic devices, was Palm Pilots. Well, I had two of them die on me, lost all my appointments. Long story short, I went back to using a day timer. And I was sitting in a meeting one day with some, you know, high level people. And I, I had brought my day timer because I take notes and I was a little embarrassed to put it on the table, um, but I did. And all of a sudden, everybody started taking out their day timers. Out of 12 people, eight of them were using day timers. Yeah. The reason I use it is everything goes in there. So if I have to pick up dry cleaning, that's in there. If I promised my daughter I'd meet her for coffee on Wednesday, that goes in there. Of course, every appointment. And, um, but when I go into the appointments, it, I leave my phone in the car because it's a pet peeve of mine. I think that we, we've seen all kinds of studies, you know, where you know, I saw one where there was a clown on a unicycle at a university campus and he drove around for 20 minutes. Yeah,
0: I've seen that one. I've seen
1: that and they asked the students, what did you see? And five people saw this clown. Cause their heads are, yeah. In their devices. And so, and, and to your point, I would go into an appointment with my phone and I'd, you know, whatever the question was and I'm going to go put in my phone, I have to go in the phone, I put it in and then I see a text or a missed phone call and I'm distracted and I have to look at it. It's human nature. Yeah. So I'm taking away from the meeting and when they do it to me, I'm annoyed because I know they're not hearing what I'm saying that I've just taken four hours to prepare for it. So, that's my policy. I leave my phone in the car. I let them know that I've left my phone in the car so that they have my attention. Immediately, you see them put their phones away, and I bring my day timer out. And again, most of the things I do have, I think, some kind of psychological effect, but I'm opening my day timer. They can see a list of everything. It's like, mm. She's pretty busy, but very well organized. Yeah. So again, it's it's just a visual that says, I am working, I am on top of this. This is why I remember things. Yep. And they're not distracted by me being in my phone, nor am
0: I. So. No. Well, and you know, you had said that you have no idea what they're doing in your phone. Just the fact that you're looking at something that may or may not be relevant to what you're doing. That's right. But when you had your daytime route and we were talking about this meeting. It shows how well you're listening because I can see you writing what I'm saying. Correct. Right? Like it's this visual representation of like, I have delivered a message and I have visual confirmation that you have comprehended the message because I can see that you've taken what I've said and you've internalized it and you've turned it into these things and you have put what we've discussed on these specific dates. And it just looks impressive. Like there's something so tangible versus the back of a phone and whatever it is you're writing. Yes, like I, I don't know that. what you're
1: doing on your phone, right? Yeah. I know that you're probably putting in a notation that we're meeting at Tuesday at 11. But when you did that, were you looking at a text? And, and how many times have you done that and people have said, go ahead and take that call if you want to? Always. I say that to people all the time. Right. Right. Because you know that what's in their phone might be more important than... Totally. Right? Totally. I just don't like that message. No.
0: And it's true. And And it's almost common courtesy, right? Like you see something, it's like, that's okay. Like, go for it. Yeah. And then sometimes you're the type of person, and I'm this type of person, Lindsay is unbelievable for this, but he can compartmentalize, right? Like he could have something come in that was awful. And he's very willing, like just able to take that and put it in a pocket for later and go back to... But lots of, and I think it's more common to be the type of person that you get something and it's like a backhanded comment from your mom or like, you know, your kid's coughing at daycare. And then suddenly for most people, that's going to affect your mood. It's going to affect your disposition. You might be very prepared and very smart about something, but now you're searching for words because a third of your brain is focused on something else. Anyways, I think it's super clever. I like it.
1: It, I mean, it doesn't work for everybody, but it certainly works for me. And that's an example of, you know, the old that I've tried the new. And, you know, my assistant uses Google Calendar all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and I use it to a degree. I'll accept an invitation from it and put it in my Google Calendar, but it also goes in my day timer. Yeah. So I'm, I just don't want to miss it. Right. So it, for me, that has been, effective, but it's also a visual for my appointments. And and a lot of my appointments have visual cues that are meant to connect with the client.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's brilliant. Well, I will wrap this up. Um, I do again. So I mentioned earlier that Jan very graciously uh, offered to come in and teach a course on systems and checklists and how to prepare for things. Because some of the stuff that you have has taken a long time to get to the, I mean, some of the stuff that I saw, like I wish CIR had that, like it's so clear and concise and obvious and organized. And, you know, you have it where you could hand this to anybody and they could pick up and go and do whatever because it's that visual. It's that, it's fabulous. So we're going to get her to do something hopefully in September. So this is just a little, um. I guess preview of that. So thank you very much. Now that mm. I've said it online in front of people, see, I'm, yeah, I'm committed Now Now you're committed. I know this is very very strategic. <laughs> um, but thank you for being here. We um, are so grateful to have somebody like you and your knowledge uh, representing Team Blue. So oh, thanks welcome for to having the crew. me. Thank you're welcome. you. And that's that guys. Appreciate you tuning in. I hope you have a really really great rest of your week and we will see you online next Monday. Bye.
1: Bye. That's all we have for you today. And Thank you so much for giving us your time and tuning in. Don't forget to like CIR Realty
0: Business Mastery on Facebook and to follow us on Instagram. Take care, everyone.